from Bikaner to the BSC. This has been a billion dollar saga that's both Namkeen and Chatpata. But at its base, the secret spice has been as basic as the DNA of the Agarwal family and that of patriarch Haldiram Gangabishan Agarwal. Late 80s and early 90s, there were lot many Haldirams. So there were some confusions among the territories and among the brand. So everyone has decided to be restricted with some territories and some geographical restrictions. And as my father was a visionary and he never wanted to settle for a specific state or for a specific area, that's how he withdraw the brand Haldiram and he introduced his own brand Bikaji. Deepak Agarwal is the managing director of Bikaji Foods that got listed a fortnight back. A second-gen entrepreneur, son of founder Shivratan Agarwal, who branched out in 1993 to start an independent ethnic snacks brand that is rooted in his hometown in Rajasthan. Can I have some bujia? Thank you. BYOB. Bring your own bujia. Amaji loves Bikaji. Bikaji Foods IPO will hit the street this week on November 3rd. The IPO is a complete offer for sale and certain promoters will be offloading their shares right there. The IPO price band has been fixed between 285 to 300 rupees per share. Also through this issue, the company looks to mop up a total of over 880 crores at the higher end of the price band. Now, if Pratap Snacks added the crunch by listing at a 33% premium to its issue price five years back, then Bikaji Foods further added bite to the story with its stock listing 8% higher to its IPO price. These ethnic snack brands have clearly shown they are recession-proof, enjoy mouth-watering valuations and remain the constant envy of multinational giants. The Bhujia billionaires, primarily from Rajasthan, have spawned several regional players to rise up and take the fight straight to deep-pocketed rivals like PepsiCo, ITC or a Kellogg that recently decided to split into three. The jury is still out on whether Indians are indeed trading taste for health. So traditionally, these snacks have been very high on salt, sugar, fat, and most of the consumers don't have it because they are healthy, they have it because of the taste, right? I think it'll be incorrect to say that India is a healthy snacking market. The way I would put it is that health gets consumed by very select people and that's only in, in metros. As soon as you go to a typical joint family household, right, you will rarely find consumption of a processed healthful snack pack. Then it's essentially the likes of, you know, the Haldirams or the Mikaji, etc. That's Navroz Mahudawala, founder Candle Partners, a Mumbai-based deal advisory firm that specializes in consumer, chemicals, and the pharma space. Joining Navroz will also be Deepak, whom you heard first, giving us a first-hand account of Pikaji Foods. And Sachin Bhartia, partner at Lighthouse Funds, an investor in Bikaji Foods since 2014 and on the company board as nominee director. See, we invested into this company in 2014. You know, this was the first tranche of private equity that the company took. And for any company which actually, you know, gets into this, eventually their dream will be to do a listing, provide an exit route to the investors and eventually also unlock value for the company. And uh, this has been no different. 
The business models of ethnic snacks are in fact pretty much similar to FMCG companies, high on capital efficiency and brand pull. More importantly, many of these family-owned businesses have been among India's biggest wealth creators. It's Tuesday, November 29th. I'm your host Ratna Bhushan from the Economic Times and you're listening to From Bikaner to BSE, Snacking Away on the Morning Brief. In this episode, we will crack, crunch and chip into the Tikhai dynamics that work in favor of a Balaji, a Haldiram, a Pratap or even a Bikaji and a Yellow Diamond and see if these family businesses can sustain intense competition, raw material inflation and the regulatory scrutiny on high levels of salt and sugar on packaged foods. But first, let us go back to the arid desert of Rajasthan where Mithai and Namkeen are a way of life. Here's Deepak Agarwal, promoter and managing director at Bikaji Foods, pretty much steering the show at the company and instrumental in managing its expansion. Deepak, your company has been uh, making a lot of news in the past few weeks with the listing, etc. So to begin with, Bikaji's revenue trajectory has been strong and consistent. Can you sustain this? In uh, last four to five years, if you see, then you know our growth rate is always on the consistent basis. So we are expecting the same for next three to four years as the market is very large and the kind of a basket what we have in product mix is a huge one and we have opened many other manufacturing units at uh, different places so hopefully we will able to continue the same kagar growth rates okay what gives you this confidence if i may just add to that uh, this company is actually a ethnic based savories companies and kanir city is very well known for indian savories bujia papad and sweets so this makes us unique and the experience and the legacy what we have from the last 40 50 years is make us different from other competitors okay interesting point you've raised there deepak that this makes you different from competitors which brings me to my next question the lineage still traces back to the founder of haldiram ganga bishan agarwal can you tell us how the family tree has evolved and how you set up the business independently here i would like to mention that haldinam ji was my uh, real great grandfather who started this business in 1940s and you know uh, from a small shop he started selling the bujia and he manufactured himself and by his handmade bujia he has become very famous so after independence there is a lot of migration happened from rajasthan especially in marwadi culture to northeast calcutta madras and some other parts of the country So two of my cousin grandfather also shifted to Calcutta in early 60s and in 70s my father generation has come so my father are four real brothers and one of my elder uncle has shifted to Nagpur in early 70s like 73 74 and which is called today Haldinams Nagpur and second is my father and two of my younger uncle has shifted to Delhi in 1983 84 which is called today Haldinams Delhi So my father are four brothers and this is a third generation and we all are fourth generation and Delhi Nagpur and Bikaner are real sister cousin companies but late 80s and early 90s there were 
lot many haldiram like haldiram delhi nagpur bikaner in calcutta itself there were three haldirams like haldiram prabhu ji haldiram and sons so there were some confusions among the territories and among the brand so everyone has decided to be restricted with some territories and some geographical restrictions and as my father was a visionary and he never wanted to settle for a specific state or for a specific area that's how he withdraw the brand haldiram and he introduced his own brand bikaji why bikaji because bigrao bika was a king of a jodhpur who founded this bikaner and bikaner city is very famous for manufacturing indian savories bujia and papad and sweets and you must have seen in every city or in every village whether it is tier 3 or tier 2 1 you will find somewhere bikaner sweet store bikaner namkeen store bikaner mishthan bhandar That's very very interesting and the point you made Deepak that you know your father broke out and sort of started his own brand today do you see Haldiram as a competitor Yes they are the competitors it's a big time competition between us but as in you know we always see it as a healthy competition and we always see our own growth and our own style of you know selling and uh, manufacturing Okay I want to ask you have you been approached by other corporate houses multinationals or private equity firms for a buyout or you know for selling off of any stake so have you been wooed by any of these and did you consider it before IPO we really got a good offers from the private equity companies for the secondary sales but uh, after post IPO we are not seeing any offers and this is the first kind of a company in ethnic snacks ipo and so it's a unique brand and unique uh, category so everyone is very excited and we are glad that we we got a really good response okay about 3 years ago you took on a very aggressive branding and brand ambassador strategy which was new for bigaji as well as for anybody in the snacks business you bought an amitabh bachan no less do you see that part of the business expanding What has getting someone like Mr. Bachchan got to the table for the brand, and are there more stars in the pipeline? It is very important point which I, even I didn't mention. But in two thousand nineteen, we endorsed Amita Bachchanji as our brand ambassador, and you know after his endorsement, we really got a good feedback and you know offtake from the consumer side. But especially the confidence among the channel partners and the distributors, you know. Nowadays the distributor says, "Inka to ad aata hai, to inka mal bik jayega." So this kind of a confidence comes from you know different channel partners and and from the different market. So our other than our core market in focus market, we will definitely get leverage and advantage of his branding and Amitabh ji as an a brand ambassador and to cover and to compete our competitors and in you know to put our products on the shelves. it would really you know support us uh, in a big way okay uh, deepak snacks is a 1.5 lakh crore market of which only 55% is organized so do you see this as an opportunity or a challenge ratna here i just want to mention about the sweet market that the organized market is only 10% balance all is unorganized i give you example of chocolates you know 40 50 years back in the chocolate it's which was unorganized and only freshly on the counters not on the package but in last 40 years all the chocolate has become into packaging the same will happen in india for the next decade for almost next two decades and you will find that the sweets will be available only the packaged ones 
and uh, it will become unorganized to organized very rapidly in next two decades so sweet market is a huge and uh, snacks market also it's growing every year by 15% so with the 15% market growth rate you can imagine that you know how the market is growing so it's a good opportunity and uh, we are also looking positive all right but is this also a reason why it's rare to have large national players for ethnic snacks unlike other categories like beverages or staples what do you have to say about that like you know uh, there's a lot of large snacks player and uh, upcoming is also you know large snacks like itc and 2m has also come into the indian ethnic market and market is growing and i'm very positive in all kind of aspects Deepak, are you also looking at moving towards diet snacks because that's what's catching on? Now, we even have regulations from the FSSAI talking about warning labels on all foods about high salt, sugar and fat. Is all of that going to be a pressure point for the business? Nowadays, we also have a, you know, uh, roasted namkeen. We also introduced and launched some of the diet-based snacks and roasted namkeen. We have a jowar mix. We have a multigrain bujia. We have a bajra mix. We have a multigrain puffs. We also trying to reducing the salt and sweet percentage as per the FSSI norms. And uh, we are on the same line as per the consumer demand, as per the consumer behavior. And uh, in upcoming time, maybe after five years, ten years, we will also you know make changes accordingly to the market. and uh, we are on healthy snacks also on the practically side still the indian market is not yet accepted very well about the roasted namkeen it is a very niche market but we are positive and we also have uh, the same ranges and introduced and we are uh, ready to change ourselves in next 5 to 10 years as per the market behave okay all right and are you looking to tap global markets too yes we do exports also and here i want to mention that uh, we have uh, entering into a frozen food and we are almost cover 30 to 35 countries worldwide and we are exporting around 4 to 5% of our total sales and we are looking for uh, you know doubling the exports in next 3 years in frozen we are introducing the categories like sweets snacks uh, curries and breads but our core focus would be mostly on the sweets and uh, our snacks okay and my final question to you deepak is are you looking at any uh, further joint ventures any tie ups any smaller acquisitions in the market now uh, ratna yes definitely we would uh, now we are open and uh, we would like to do some ventures and some acquisitions if uh, the better opportunity comes but will always be uh, more of strategic whether it is on the product side or process or on the sales distribution side so we are open and uh, now we will look for some of the markets for uh, acquisitions or for joint ventures okay and these acquisitions would be like regional brands in in sweets and snacks in the ethnic space itself ratna here i just want to mention that uh, now this brand is called as an ethnic snacks but in next 3 to 4 years or 5 years my vision is to call as a food brand and in food brand all kind of a food comes under one umbrella so i'm looking for a good opportunities but first and foremost priority is on the regional brands acquisition or ventures a personal question to you deepak what is your favorite snack <laughs> my favorite is still the bujia you know since childhood we are eating the bujia and uh, papad 
so these two are my favorite and uh, definitely other snacks but uh, these two are my favorites The story goes that in 2012-13, then PepsiCo Global Chief Indra Noe visited Balaji Wafers offices in Gujarat for a lesson on two on how to run her snack foods business. She apparently even wooed Haldirams for a buyout, but failed. So did Kellogg's as recently as 2019, but failed again. Now, Mukesh Ambani wants to chomp away at this space too. Navroz has been watching several of these developments keenly for many years first in ENY where he worked and then at Candle his own firm Navroz to begin with Pratap Snacks the first ethnic snacks company to list Bigaji Foods is the latest both had a good listing how have they fared since listing So Pratap Snacks was listed in if i remember correctly September 2017 and it's been 5 years since then and the IPO price was around 940 950 it did track well i guess for a year or two but since then it's actually never reached the IPO price and it's been consistently under the IPO price so Pratap Snacks has had its share of challenges and probably a lot got to do with the fact that i guess overall the snacks market has shared has seen a share of challenges in terms of growth However I guess what we have seen is an awesome debut in terms of Pikachu and you know it's kind of trailing almost 30 33% over its IPO price and probably it's the scale here matters also because both DFM and Pratap when they listed probably they were slightly subscale Pikachu uh, is coming at a at a revenue level which is much larger than what these guys when they were listed right so that also I guess is also making some level of difference Okay interesting are both these companies very richly valued and deservedly so you know consumer ratna as you are very well aware in india anyway gets rich valuations and especially if you are a relatively smaller cap and i say smaller caps being defined as anything less than a billion dollar market cap right it because of just the liquidity around or a lack of liquidity most of these scripts generally track on the higher side So yes, DFM and Pratap consistently were in the range of you know upwards of fifty times P. I guess today Pratap is at even higher levels because the earnings are on the lower side, and of course Bikaji is upwards of hundred P, and you know even more now after it's run up by thirty thirty five percent. Well, deservedly so or not? I guess that time will tell. Markets generally want a certain level of growth before they want either a re-rating to happen. So we would have to just wait and watch. as far as some of the growth challenges are concerned wait and watch yes of course but tell me navroz institutional investors and pe funds have traditionally walked away at the idea of betting on these companies why is it so probably i guess there are several reasons behind this one is the fact that you know many of these have been very small family managed businesses earlier right and they were never structured as a corporate so you a you had structural issues it's always tough there must have been i think in the earlier years some level of accounting challenges also because probably these were not as per the standards which most pe's expect also probably one aspect that we all need to recognize is that for a pe it's important that his exit is very clearly laid out his thought process needs to completely align with the promoters on this and many of them do expect a strategic exit at you know on 
I guess today a lot of Indian entrepreneurs may not have, or at least most of these family managed businesses may not be very open to giving a strategic exit after five years or seven years, right? So the only option for a PE then is either look at an IPO or look at another financial sale, which probably sometimes is subpar. So a mix of these challenges could have been, I guess, one of the, the issue here. Okay, but what about deeper issues around governance and systems and processes? Is that also it? Ratna, again here, I would think this is very typical for any relatively smaller business in India. It's not just Indian snack business, right? And any sector where you probably can purchase in cash and you can sell in cash, right? would always have governance issues. So you have several examples in India. I think the edible oil sector suffers from that. Some of the textile areas suffer from that, right? But there is a case here that the purchases also could probably sizable amount because of which there are leakages in the system. This is one sector where anyway, there are too many smaller regional players, extreme fragmentation. And thanks to that, there could be governance issues. You know? So it could be one of the issues, but typically what we've seen is in sectors like this, as long as there is growth and the ability to structure it, a lot of financial investors are open to looking at it. I think it's time will tell whether more deals could happen in this sector or not. Absolutely, time will tell. But Navroz, India is also supposed to be snacking healthy, right? These bhujiyas are anything but healthy. So what do you have to say about that? Traditionally, and I think we should... Instead of taking judgmental calls, let's lay it out correctly. So traditionally, these snacks have been very high on salt, sugar, fat. And most of the consumers don't have it because they are healthy. They have it because of the taste, right? I think it'll be incorrect to say that India is a healthy snacking market. In fact, except in metros, you haven't seen that many business plans emerge where you know health has really done so well. Health foods have probably made some inroads in metros, uh, However, our experience consistently seems to suggest that the Indian consumer wants taste even in healthy foods and may pay some premium. However, they ideally want similar price points for health. So that's very clear. So unless some of the Indian health food guys end up probably scaling up to a level where the price points are similar, it is extremely unlikely that you're going to see some major companies emerge it's still very early days on the health food side. Most businesses are, you know, kind of sub 100 crores. In fact, most of them are sub 50 crores, right? And at price points, which still probably is very, very metro and, you know, kind of, I would say, you know, very select consumers can really afford to kind of consume some of these products on a consistent basis. Interesting, Navroz. At this point, maybe it's uh, safe to say that Indians are talking health, but not necessarily walking health all that much, right? Absolutely. No, no, I completely agree. It's uh, it's still a phenomenon, which is the way I would put it is that health gets consumed by very select people. And that's only in kind of probably if you see the snacking, it's more in offices or where a single bachelor stays, you know, stuff like that. As soon as you go to a typical joint family household, right, you will rarely find consumption of a processed healthful snack pack then it's essentially the likes of, you know, the Haldirams or the Mikaji, etc. So the penetration level, we are still talking of very, very low numbers here. Okay. And finally, uh, Navroz, do you see industry consolidation happening? Haldiram was in talks with Kellogg's. Lays and ITC have been on the lookout for potential targets. There's a lot of activity in, in the MNA space in, in the snacking industry. What's your take? Uh, Ritna, actually, our take here would be that 
probably there has been some initial consolidation in the last four five years, right? So we saw Pratap buying and Avad Snacks, and I think it was seventeen or eighteen, and then we had uh, we had a control deal even in DFM Foods because Advent is a controlling shareholder there. So in that sense, it was a buyout. Then probably RPG Group has done one transaction, which was their Evita brand. Uh, but other than that, it's been relatively limited, and our sense is that it will be difficult to execute a larger transaction because just of the fact that in the listed space today, you know, the comparables are so, I'm not sure whether anybody in the private space will pay up to that level in terms of valuation multiple. So valuation in a, any sector like this would continue to be a challenge. Probably the maximum consolidation that we will see, and it will happen, is the players in that 50, 100 crore category where there could be some local entrepreneur which would have built a 50, 100 crore business which would be tempted to monetize. But there's enough growth available. So our sense is that probably a lot of the guys may not be tempted to sell right now till we reach a certain scale. So far, there's data to suggest that Indians are talking health, not walking health, with sugar-free variants or diet numkins still contributing to less than 10% of most food companies' portfolios. Is this what gives an investor an uncontrollable urge to indulge as well? Let's ask Sachin of Lighthouse. Sachin, as you know, we're going to talk about the ethnic snacks category, which is very much the flavor of the season. What with the Bikajik IPO and so on. So my first question is, what kind of valuations do you expect for the ethnic snacks category? See, uh, ethnic snacks industry, if you look at in terms of nature of the business, it is pretty much like any FMCG company with a very high capital efficiency, you know, hardly any working capital. Most of these businesses actually sell on cash, you know, or even on advance basis. So if you look at in terms of the comparison, we would probably peg it. However, you know, we think that this is pretty much part of the FMCG basket and, uh, you know, somewhere this will find a valuation range that will fit most of the other listed companies in the same sector. Okay, so you don't see uh, hiring top talent as a challenge either? Uh, yes and no. It depends entirely on the management. We have seen many companies, you know, very, very good businesses still run by the family members. And there's nothing wrong about it. When I spoke about firm moving towards an organization, it is all about hiring the right talent. And we have seen now a lot of family businesses hiring people, you know, we call it crore club, where you have people, you know, getting hired at a crore plus salary at CXO levels. And I think they are really helping these businesses move to the next level. And when I talk about family-owned and professionally run business, uh, it is not about just hiring people. It is about having right kind of an auditor, you know, right kind of uh, board, you know, overall organization behind the business. Okay, very interesting. Sachin, you said that, you know, they are looking to hire talent, which is taking the businesses to the next level. So my question to you is, can these ethnic snacks providers compete against the more organized Western snacks market, which has many deep pocketed competitors, like there's a PepsiCo, there's a ITC, there's a Parley. Some of them have, you know, large backend linkages. Like ITC, PepsiCo has global backing. So what do you have to say about that? Western snacks and ethnic snacks are two very different business, though they appear to be same, but uh, dramatically different in terms of making, in terms of processing, in terms of ingredients 
you know, in fact, if you look at in terms of the Western snacks, uh, there's hardly any entry barrier. You can get the same machine that is available, can get the same raw material, and you can have the same production. You know, two different companies making, let's say, one product from the same machine can be very, very similar. But in terms of ethnic snacks, it is all about having ethnic, and it is, it is, it is whether it's a sweet or snacks. It's about having a particular recipe, particular test that your customers love. They've been buying it for a long, long time. And uh, in terms of uh, competition, if you look at, uh, you know, 1.5 lakh crore worth of industry estimate, you know, these are great estimates given it's such an unorganized industry. If you go to rural India, tier one, tier two, tier three cities, it will be surprising, you know, for somebody to see that how things are changing in terms of consumption pattern. It is nothing to point about a particular company, but in the, I'm talking more about how consumption patterns are changing. You know, two very different business and cannot be compared. Okay, but what about competition from regional brands? Sachin, because this is a category where there are very strong local regional brands and they have the distribution might in their territories and India is a market where taste change like with every state. That is why I think probably that, you know, when you say regional taste, I think that is what sort of sets apart these businesses. When you talk about Western snacks, very difficult to copy-paste formula. These are very specific regional very unique taste with backed by unique recipes developed over a period and there's a particular set of customers who are sort of continuing to buy. And when you talk about the competition, my guess is the customer sets are very different. You know, it's a very vast industry, you know, multi-billion dollar industry, multi-taste, multi-product, sort of uh, multi-recipes industry. So very difficult to generalize. But if you ask me to put it, you know, in one line, I would probably suggest, you know, uh, being regional is actually a strength versus a weakness. You own a particular market and you continue to penetrate that, you know, where there is a humongous fan following of your brand. I think it's a good thing to have. All right. Can you tell us some insights, anecdotal, uh, you know, information on how the idea of the IPOs was generated and what it took to get it in the market? See, we invested into this company in 2014. You know, this was the first tranche of private equity that the company took. And for any company which actually, you know, gets into this, eventually their dream will be to do a listing, provide an exit route to the investors, and eventually also unlock value, uh, you know, for the company. And uh, this has been no different. For the Bhujia and Mithai Kings, so far on top of the snacking curve, this may be the time they will have to pivot to healthier offerings or appear to get cracking on regional competition, hire top-tier talent, and maybe need to deal with consolidation. There's also a compelling need to tap global markets, bridge the gap between Western and Indian snacks, and appeal to younger consumers. Richly valued, but possible deeper issues around governance and processes. Warding off competition from globally backed snack majors on one hand and very strongly entrenched local players on the other. It's a space surely at inflection point. That's all for now. I'm your host Ratna Bhushan and you've been listening to From Bikaner to BSE Snacking Away on the Morning Brief. Be signing off now and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Sumit Pandey. Sound design, Rajas Naik. Executive producers, Anukriya Bahadur, Anirban Chaudhary and Arijit Parman. 
do share this episode if you liked it listen to new episodes of the morning brief every tuesday thursday and friday on all your favorite listening platforms amazon music gana.com spotify apple and google podcasts the economic times website and of course our very own audio platform et play also tune in to the latest podcast from et business of sports where we decode all about sports as a business tune in every wednesday for fresh episodes credits and disclaimers are in the description any reference to invest into the industry or company is independent of this discussion